Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. Father, we just thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your love for these people. Thank you for the opportunity to stand in the land and declare your word another time. We love you, Lord. We consider it a privilege and an honor. We say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Your kingdom come, your will be done in this service, just like it is in heaven. In Jesus' mighty name. I don't know if you know it or not. I'm sure you do. But last Sunday, the Lord actually, you know, John talked about, Pastor John talked about an axe. And uh, truth is, the Lord swung him like an axe. Amen? And uh, that's what he did. We were the handle. He was the handle in the, in the hand of the Lord. And uh, I got to thinking about what's the purpose of the Acts, Lord? I mean, what, what's the purpose of all that? It's more than just coming down here and having a good service and the anointing and a good word and then going home eating chicken and forgetting it. And I mean, that was an anointing. And Pastor John knows the Lord used it mightily. Not everybody gets to stand in that. And if you do, that's, it's rare to get to do that. And you know it's not you. You know it's the Lord. And he couldn't get it out fast enough, you know. That's because the Lord was saying it. He was speaking it. He was, man, he was just blowing it through him, you know. And just so proud of you. That was his word coming to this house in this hour uh, for what he's trying to do, what he's going to do, what he is doing. Amen? And uh, I, I got to say, what was the purpose, Lord? And I, I got, it, it says that, uh, see the Lord, the Lord Almighty, who cuts off branches, the lofty trees will fall, the tall ones will be brought low. He will cut down the forest thickets with an axe, Lebanon, and fall before the mighty one. That's right before it says a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. And what the Lord is saying, I felt like the purpose of the axe, the purpose that the Lord swung like he did is for so that everything could be cut down that's been blocking our view from seeing him like he really is. The Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world in power, in glory, in majesty. The half hadn't yet been told. And he is for swinging and knocking the spirit of religion slap out of this thing. Man has had his way, but God will to have his way. He's going to have his way. If he's got to remove man, he's going to have his way. Everything that's high, religion, what man has said about God, he's going to cut it down. He's going to go from the high, he's going to bring it low. Why? Because he wants you to see the Lamb of God. Anybody that knows the Bible, if you study Jesus said in Revelation 22, I am the root and the offspring of David. That's why when he said this right here, baptized, moving in the seven spirits of God, God said, I'm going to use the axe. He's going to be the axe. John's day, John, like he said, John was the axe. We're going to let the axe be laid to the root. All you Pharisees and Sadducees, 
blocking everybody from getting to the real Jesus. You're making it hard for everybody. Can't nobody get to him because of your traditions of men and your spirit of religion. Can't you stop up the well you think? But there cometh one named John. He says, I'm a voice of one just crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. That means make the wilderness a road, a highway. Let everything high become low. He was quoting out of Isaiah 40. That's why when he come out there, he said, brood of vipers. John said, a viper's not a big, long snake. It's a very little snake. It likes to hide, but it's full of deadly poison. I'm telling you, the spirit of religion is full of deadly poison, and it works against God and his will being done and the truth of his word. He said, you brood of vipers. Jesus said, what? You full of whitewashed tombs. You full of dead men's bones. You travel over land and sea to make one convert, but you'll make them twice the son of hell as you are. He said, you stand in their face. You shut the door of the kingdom in their face. Man, they kept it so hard for anybody to see the real Jesus. I'll tell you something, in this hour, God's going to have more anointings like that right there. Truth is, it's just not for him, it's for you. It's for me. Unless a kernel falls into the ground and dies, it remains a single seed. But if it dies, it's going to produce many seed. What do you think the seed of God is? The seed of Jesus is in you, my friend. The devil shouldn't have killed him. He, he, he didn't just do it for Jesus. He got a whole bunch of Jesus all over the world. With the seed of God in them about to come forth and manifest in this hour in the power of God, not only to do to say the stuff, but to do the stuff. My goodness. He's coming. This whole book is about a lamb. He starts off talking about a lamb when Adam and Eve messed up. He needed a lamb. Abraham and Isaac going up the mountain to sacrifice. The boy says, Daddy, I see the fire and I see the wood, but where is the lamb? He said in Ezekiel, uh, in Exodus 12, this children of Israel needed deliverance. Guess what they needed? They needed a lamb. Amen? Isaiah said he was led like a lamb to the slaughter, like a sheep before she silent. He did not open his mouth. John the Baptist said, Behold, look intently, gaze upon him, look deeply, the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Jesus came riding in on, on a donkey at the feast of Passover. That was the time of the evening sacrifice in the Old Testament under the old law, but right at three o'clock. He came right at three o'clock. Come up or why? Because he was the lamb to be slain right at three o'clock. Revelation, John said, I saw uh, heaven standing open. He entered through a door and he saw, he saw a God and he had the scroll in his hands in the throne and they could see on both sides of the scroll. Seven seals on it. John began to weep, and angels said, Who is worthy to break open the lamb, uh, break open this seal? And then John said, all of a sudden, the lamb stood up. A lamb walked up who looked like he'd been slain before the foundation of the world. And everybody broke down. The four living creatures and the 24 elders and the 10,000s upon 10,000s began to sing a song. Worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb. All power, all honor, all glory is the lamb of God. Honey, it's all about the lamb of God. It's all about the lamb. And then 
preacher Stanton man come down here Wednesday night and he's talking about the gaze of the Lord. I sent over the other night a few Wednesday nights ago and John said, I want you to preach to him out today. And the whole time I, the Lord kept asking me, he said, have you ever locked eyes with a lamb? And I didn't know what he meant. Have you ever locked eyes with a lamb? Have you ever locked eyes with a lamb? So I began to dig and, and Stanton said that that lady caught in the act of adultery. I'm sure they're in shame and the church wanted to stone her. Their law says you had to die. But how I many knows Jesus, my goodness, he didn't, he didn't come to condemn her. He come to give her life. He didn't come to take life. Amen. The old law took life, but Jesus is a life giver. Amen. And uh, he said when she looked down, I'm sure she was full of shame and the master knelt down to, to ride in the dirt and then he looked up at her and she's looking down and she caught the gaze of his eyes. Uh, honey, if you ever catch the gaze of the Lamb of God, uh, if you ever look into his eyes, you won't ever be the same again. It'll change you. It'll wreck you. My goodness. I took Tracy one time to a church, church of God, she won't let me tell it. presence of God was mightily moving and she come out. And she said, I don't know what that was, but whatever that was, that's what I want. Man, it was the lamb. It was the presence. It was the gaze of his eyes upon you. He said in Song of Solomon, look, here comes your lamb. Here comes your lover. He's leaping over mountains. He's jumping over hills. He's, he's behind the wall looking through the window, peeping through the lattice. It's you. And he says, come away with me. Your winter is past. The sun is coming out. Can't you hear the singing of a brand new song glory to God oh Jesus I tell you what we need is a fresh look at the lamb today we don't need the Clintons we don't need the Trumps we don't need the Kardashians and we don't need the Jenners what we need is a fresh look at the lamb of God Woo! I am tired of that. We don't need your coffee and your donuts to build a church. We don't need your tall buildings with your millions of dollars, and we don't need your stained windows. All I came to see, even if it's in a barn, it's the Lamb of God. Just show me the Lamb. Woo! We don't need, we don't need no more liberals in the Supreme Court. Come on. We don't need them. We don't need no gay rights. We don't need no women's lib. Come on. We don't need no rainbow flags. And we don't need another bathroom. The one that I'm using has been just fine. What we need is the Lamb of God. Lamb of God. My goodness, you did this to me. Glory to God. For the sake of time, I'm not even going to read my text. But David and Goliath, and you know the story real good. But David come to see Goliath, and he come to Saul. He come to carry in cheese. Thought he was insignificant. Daddy didn't even let him go down. He's young, taking care of sheep. And he gets down there, and they hear him talk of what's going to be done. Who kills this, this giant called Goliath? And... Uh, you know, brother got mad at him, poked fun of who he was. I'm sure you've had fun poked to you of who you were, serving your God and dancing and yelling like that, worshiping God all times of the night. Come on, somebody. And you know what he said? He went to Saul. He said, let me go. Saul said, you can't go. You're just a boy. And that man's been a fighting man all the days of his life. He's a giant. You're just a boy. And you know what David said? 
David said, he said, I tell you what, I'm a keeper of my father's sheep. And I was out there. And he said, a, a bear and a lion came out to steal one in its mouth. And I chased it down and I struck it. And I delivered the lamb out of the mouth of the lion and the bear. And my God, that delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear be the same God that delivers me from the paw of the hand of this Philistine. First thing he said to Saul before he said that was he said, let no one lose heart on account of this giant. Let no one lose heart, O king. I'm tell you something, when a man of God, why did he say don't let them lose heart? Because the greatest, most powerful people on the earth in that time, it was, they was hiding behind rocks in fear. How I many knows that ain't a place for a child of God to be hiding nowhere? Amen? <laughs> We're not supposed to be hiding, honey. And you know what he said? Don't let them lose heart. If a man of the kingdom loses a battle, he first loses it in his heart. Because he loses heart. And when we lose heart, we lose wars. See, when we look inward for the resources to fight what God's called us to do, we're going to come up short every time. But if we'll look at the one who's on the inside of me, honey, he got more than enough to take care of any giant that I will face ever in my life. I just got to look to him. He's the one full of resources. So when a son of the kingdom gets taken out, his heart, you know, the enemy's plan is discouragement. That's how he takes us out, tries to take us out. Discouragement. Get you down. I ain't, you know. The lion and the bear was natural predators in that day. They was assigned to come feed on what David was assigned to protect. Me and you got natural predators every day, honey, coming and minding your life to discourage you, to eat at you, to maul you, to attack you, to hurt you, to stop you in any way they can. There's a reason for that. We'll get to it in a minute. I'm still amazed at the Lord, this lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the lion and the lamb. But I'm still amazed that this lion came down from heaven. He didn't come as a badger. Come on. He didn't come as a lion. He didn't come as a bear. He didn't come as something to attack you. He didn't come as something to, to bite at you, to maul you. He came as a lamb, a lamb full of love. He just wanted to come brush up against you, leg. You to feel him, to love you. He didn't come to hurt you. He come to give you life. He's not mad at you. And you know what? When they come out to take a lamb, the Bible said, didn't he come out to take a lamb? See, that passion for his God, that slingshot didn't kill. That ain't what killed the giant. What killed the giant was when he heard that enemy talking about his God, he had such a passion for the Lamb of God that it rose up in him. Ain't nobody going to talk about my God like that. And he went out to fight, honey. He could have threw that thing between his ears, between his legs, blindfolded, and two angels from heaven took that rock and put it right in the head of your giant. Your passion for the Lamb is what's going to slay all your giants, honey. He said, not one lamb. Come on, David. You know, the Midianites one time had a battle, and 675,000 sheep, lambs, was to spoil. David, what's the big deal about one lamb? Ain't no telling how many he was shepherding out there. 
one lamb. Come on, David. You just got anointed the last chapter to be king and ruler of Israel. Samuel just poured oil on your head. You're going to unify Israel. You're going to move the throne back to Jerusalem. You're going to drive the Jebusites off the land. And you're going to set up the ark of his presence on the highest hill in Jerusalem. What are you worried about? One little lamb. David said, not under my watch. You understand that when you begin to compromise in your life, the devil comes to steal and kill and destroy you. You know how he does it? He don't come there all at one time to wipe you out. You know what he does? One lamb at the time he steals from you. Miss one service. Come on. Miss one, I can miss two. Ain't nobody ever woke up an alcoholic and want to beat the wife? Uh-uh. One lamb at the time is how you done it. Losing one lamb at the time. Ain't nobody ever want to wake up and be an adulterer? Ruin their family? Ruin their children? He comes one lamb at a time. One button, one look, one text, one email. Come on. That's how he does it. He's sneaky. Hiding. That's how he does things. But David says, not one lamb. See, David had such a passion for his lamb. I know of another story. This same David is older now. This, this David is rich. This David is King David. This David is wealthy. He's got fame and fortune. They wrote books about him, how he killed Saul. They sung songs about him. Saul slung his thousand, David his ten thousands. I'm sure the most popular name in that day was David. And name your little boy because of what he had did. But David was rich. David had shepherds hired now to shepherd after the lambs. The Bible says that he went out and saw Bathsheba and he took her. I don't know if he raped her or she can say, I don't know. But he had her husband killed, a murderer. And he thought that he got by with everything. And God done came on Nathan the prophet. Nathan, I want you to go talk to David and tell him I'm fixing to talk to him about his hidden stuff because he ain't got away with it. He ain't got away with it. Nathan's thinking on the way down to the palace. Man, how's this king, this powerful king? How, how's he going to listen to me? How, how can I get his attention? How can I get his shepherd's heart back that once loved the lamb? How can I get it back again? Because something's changed with power, with money. Everything's changed him. He's not the same man that I used to know. And Nathan, as he walks in, says, I know what I'll do. I'll tell him a story about a man and a lamb. It's still a, it's still a good story. And he goes in, he says, Hi, King David. And David recognizes this is Nathan. The prophet of God. He said, man, what you doing here? Man, I'm just passing through, but I got a story I'd like to share with you. Well, share it with me. Sit down. He said, David was a rich man. Had thousands of herd of 
flocks and sheep and lambs and cows and just wealthy. He had it all. He had prestige. He had honor. Everything he wanted, he had. He said, but then I, there was a poor man. And even though they lived in the same city and they breathed the same air, they lived worlds apart in the way they lived. And this poor man didn't have nothing, it says. He didn't have no property. He didn't have no money. They didn't even know his name. He just, a poor man's how he's identified. He had a wife and he had kids. But he said the only thing that he owned was one little ewe lamb. One little lamb's all that he owned. <laughs> he said, but the worlds collided one day. David and this poor man, this rich man. David at this point don't even know that Nathan's talking about him. He said, and one day, a traveler came through. And this rich man, he said, I want to give him a meal of a lamb. And him with all of his thousands out there, all of them. He didn't take his. He went down to the house of the man that had one lamb. And he went in there and he killed it. Had it dressed. Had it cooked. And he took from him. And he gave it to the traveler. You got to understand, this man didn't have nothing but one lamb. Can I tell you that if you all the inheritance and assets that you ever leave your family member, if it's, if it's nothing but a lamb, you are most successful. If you don't have no money, no property, no inheritance, if you leave him the lamb, that's the greatest inheritance you could ever leave him. This man had a passion for the lamb. David used to have that same passion for one lamb. He says that this man took this lamb into their house. They ate with it at his table. Can you see that? Daddy and mama, two kids and a lamb at the table. It says they drank out of the same cup. They got one cup going around. Daddy, mama, two children, and the lamb just licking all around it. I talks of communion with the lamb. It says he loves this lamb like a daughter. This lamb wasn't a pet. This lamb wasn't something we come and did on Sunday and Wednesday, but it lived in the house, and it was in our everyday lives. We was eating with the lamb every day, every night. It says at night that this little lamb, the man would lay the lamb on his chest because he loved it so much. Every time the family made a decision, the lamb was there. Some churches are like a petting zoo. They get, the people come down and just pet Jesus on the head on Sunday and Wednesday, and then they go back to their life the rest of the week. That ain't what I'm talking about. This lamb was in the house. Communion. He was one of them. He was family. Their house smelt like the lamb. They smelt like the lamb wherever they went.
A lamb used to lay on his chest. He could hear the lamb breathing. David used to be like this. David was a man after God's own heart. There wasn't anything he wouldn't do for his God. But something's happened. He still got rich and powerful and fame and fortune. And he's forgot about where he came from. He forgot about the passion for the lamb. Something in David's heart moved as he's leaning in. Because he remembers like that poor man, all he had was a lamb. David, man, there was a time I didn't have nothing but a lamb. It's all I had. And that old shepherd's heart comes, rises up in him. That's where he said, that giant, I hear him to find my God. Ain't nobody going to talk about my God like that. I'll go out and fight him. Because he was passionate about the lamb. David interrupted his story, so I tell you what, this man will pay back four times what was taken from him. Four times. He didn't know Nathan spun around, put that finger up, I'm sure it was shaking. And he said, Behold, you are the man. At this, David's heart was smitten, he was broken. I don't know if you know it or not, but. Bathsheba's son died. Ammon died. Absalom died. And Adonijah died. Four for the price of one. What are you saying? I'm saying if you and I is going to slay giants, honey. We got to fall in love with the lamb. We got to keep the lamb in the center of everything you and I do in our household, on our job. It's got to be about the lamb. They're tired of religion. They're tired of church. They're tired of what we say and he looked like and all that, what they want to see. If they can just see the lamb one time and lock eyes with him, it'll do the work. It'll get them. We got to show them the lamb again. How to show him the lamb. See, that little David, when that lion and bear come out, he come to take a lamb. I'll tell you something. The enemy knows who you are. You believe that? Do you believe the enemy knows who you're called to be? Why did he try to kill Moses when he was a little baby? Why did he try to kill Jesus when he was a little baby? Because he knew who he was. See, Rahab the harlot, when the spies went there, they came in. You know what she said to them? We know who you are. The fear of you has fallen on us, and we know you own the whole land. It's yours. They didn't know it. The enemy knew it. I read this week how when Melchizedek met Abraham, it says Levi was in the loins. Even though he wasn't alive yet, he was alive in Abraham. Every one of you and me sitting here right now, when Dale Young started that church, we was in them loins, spiritually speaking. God knew we would be here. He knew I'd be here. He knew you'd be here. He knew it. So when the enemy sent the bear and the lion out, he wasn't just trying to steal a lamb. He was trying to see if, can I steal something from him that may be insignificant? 
because he's got so many, maybe he won't mind that one little thing that I steal. He really just seen if he could come in and out of your life. And what he's going, because he, he won't come in and just do one thing in your life. He'll come in and take out everything in your life if he can. Because his whole mission is to kill, steal, destroy. You give him an inch, he's going to take them all. Could it be that he saw something more in David? See, it wasn't about just David taking a lamb. He sent them out there to take David out because the day before he just got anointed to be king of Israel. And here's what he knew. If I let, if I let that boy who plays that harp and worships me like he does out there in the dark when nobody's looking and he's, he's passionate about the lamb. If he ever keeps going, I won't be able to stop him. So my greatest time to stop him is right now why he's a youth and he's young. That's why the enemy, the Herod spirit, has taken out abortion in all these millions of children because he knows who they're called to be. They got a purpose. He sees them fully. You know what he's saying? He said, I got to take this boy out. Because if he, if he ever gets a testimony about whipping a lion and a bear, it's going to give him the confidence that he needs to stand before a king one day and say, let me go fight that giant. And if I don't stop him now, he's going to whip that giant, and then they go sing songs about him. I'm going to have to hear that song all through the ages. David slay his thousands, but David his tens of thousands. And if I don't stop it now, then they's coming a day, that boy, they're going to choose him to be king. Because, you know, if Saul's killing a thousand and David 10,000, maybe he needs to be king. And he knew, if I don't stop him now, when he gets king, he's going to go get that Ark of the Covenant. He's going to go get that Ark. And he's going to take it to the highest hill in Jerusalem. He's going to throw the Jebusites, Jebusites off the land. He's going to set up 24-7 praise and worship. And instead of one man being governed by the presence of the Lord, now a whole nation's being governed by the presence of the Lord. I got to stop him now. Because he knew down through time. Jesus says, I was the root and the offspring of David. I was before David, but I came through David's line, and the devil knew it. He knew who, what the Word said about him. And what he was saying is, he knew there'd come a day that a lady in Tyre and Sidon had a daughter possessed by a demon. And it was before his time, a Canaanite woman that he said, I didn't come to do these miracles now. But she, she called him. You know what she called him? Son of David. She called him by his name. She's like, I know who you are. You're the Messiah, but you're the son of David. And he healed. Two blind men cried out. You know what they said? Son of David. Have mercy on us. They knew who he was, and they got the miracle. Let me say this. The devil knows who you are. He knows what you were called and created to be before you ever got here. Because he put a, God put a purpose in you. You got a divine design in you. 
You got a drop of destiny that God put in you to do something that he called you to do and can't nobody do it like you're going to do it because your God put it in you before you ever got here. How you know that? Because he said, Jeremiah, I knew you before you was in your mama's womb. I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations before you ever got here. You can try to fill that void with anything else in this world. It'll never last. Because he got divine design purpose put down on the inside of you. And the devil, you know why your battle's so great? You know why you always fighting hell and he trying to take you out in this situation and that situation? Because he knows who you are. Because when Jesus died, let's that kernel go into the ground. Single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. I'm telling you something, the seed of Jesus is in you. And that's the reason the devil hates you so much. You're made in the image of God. But you know why he's trying to take you out prematurely? Because he sees that Jesus. Uh, he sees Jesus coming alive in you, honey. See, when you, when you stand before cancer, I'm going to tell you, they don't know if it's you or if it's Jesus. Because I, I hear Junior. It feels like Junior. It sounds like Junior. But there's something real familiar about 2,000 years ago from a lamb that laid his hands on me. And we had to get out of that house. See, that's the church. They was a feast of Passover, a salvation. A lot of the church today is camped out at Passover. They don't believe in Pentecost. And then you got another crew that he moved again on Pentecost, 50 days after the resurrection, and they all got filled with the Spirit. There's a whole camp of the church sitting at Pentecost right now. Both camped out. But they don't know there's another feast. It's called the Feast of Tabernacle. We just had it. They just, we just, I'm just telling you, that just went on in America right now, and people don't even know it. The church don't even know it. But it's the last feast that's going to be fulfilled. And you know what the Lord said? The Lord said, I'm going to come and tabernacle with man. I'm not only going to be on him, I'm going to be in him. I'm going to be on him. That's the last day church. I'm telling you, the greatest move of God's on the inside of you. You know, in days ahead, God's going to cut down with that soul. He's going to cut down everything. We're not much different than the Sadducees and the Pharisees keeping people from Jesus. Stand and say they're not. All you got to do, no matter what they're doing, just speak to, speak to their potential. Speak what's in them. God loves you. God has a plan for your life. You have a divine purpose. Don't you want to know about it? You're not ever going to win nobody telling them they're going to hell. In a gasoline truck leaking. That ain't never make me want to get saved. Come on. I saw a sign a while back. There'll be no air conditioners in hell. I just wanted to run over it. That ain't the gospel. That's not good news. Jesus came to get good news. See, Peter was, Peter was a sinner. And the Lord sunk his boat with fish while he was a sinner. It's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. See, the church will tell you, you can, God ain't going to bless no sinner. God ain't going to heal no sinner. God ain't going to do no sinner no good. Are you kidding me? He come to do them good, honey. It's the goodness of God. When they lock eyes with the lamb, they'll be forever changed. We're going to cut down all these lies that we've been told as a church. Knock down all that mess. That's some stuff... 
I've believed. I'm, it's not right. I'll tell you this. There's a great message that is absolutely wrong and of the devil in the land. But there is a great message that's of God. And it's right. It's the truth. And the enemy had rather you and I get frustrated with the one that's in error that we just do away the whole thing. That ain't, nope. We're going to have to search it out. Hey, some things we believe has been a lie. See, that's them high things that the blade's going to cut and knock down. Our views, our mindsets about him. What's the purpose? So we can see him as he truly is. The son of God. Jesus came to the temple. Come to the city. He said, go to the village ahead of you and what? Untie the donkey. I don't know if you know it or not, but in the Old Testament, the price that had to be paid for a firstborn donkey or a firstborn son was a lamb. I always thought that Jesus stole the man's lamb for a little way, his coat for a while. But you know what? Go get that coat. You know what he said? I am the lamb. I'm coming as the lamb to lay my life down. Don't look for another. I am the lamb. I didn't come. I came to die. See, he come riding in that donkey, and they were doing their little palm branches. They thought it was past, I mean, tabernacle. They thought he was fixing to set up their kingdom, but they didn't want Jesus for Jesus. They wanted Jesus to take out the Roman army. That's what they wanted. They didn't want him for him, but I'm telling you, he's coming a second time. And when he's coming a second time, he's going to ride in on a donkey, and it's not going to be to help me out of this situation or help me get this or that. It's going to be because we got a love for the Lamb of God. He is enough. You know what he said? You'll find that coat there tied. He said it's a vessel which nobody's ever sat on. He's got a move of God that we ain't never partook of yet. He has saved the best wine to last. And you know what he said? Untied. Oh, untied. Some of you and me, we've been tied up in religion, honey. We've been tied up in lies. We, we don't know. But see, a, a, a coat was, was a beast of burden. It was made to carry stuff. A donkey's made to carry. You and I was made to carry Christ wherever we go. He said, untie. Untie my religious mindset. Untie my life. That, that I'm not, these young people, you know what they want? They're not looking for something to live for. This generation is looking something to die for. That's why they're fascinated with death. The devil has perverted it. They're looking at vampires and talking about death. They're fascinated with death. But the devil's perverted it. But it's to die out. To sell, they're looking for something to sell out for. For Jesus. That's what they're looking for. We've got to untie our faith. You know what religion tells me and you? That this whole thing's about you and I going to heaven or hell. That's it. It's not just that. That's the entryway when you got saved into the kingdom. Come on. That's settled. Done. But your next deal is if you'll properly steward the lamb... See, this thing ain't about a lamb. It's about the lamb manifesting in you. And if you don't ever learn how to take care of a lamb, you'll never get to manifest the lamb. He wants to manifest through you and I. It ain't about just going to heaven or hell. 
It's about bringing heaven to earth. It's about releasing the kingdom now. Now. What if I pray and it don't work? Just keep right on praying, honey. It's who you are, that seed in you. I'm telling you, if it's the Lord's seed, he's going to see to it that it gets maturity. That's who we are. We still wrestle with all that. The enemy knows who you are. That's why he tries to take you out. That's why. We've got to fall in love with the lamb again. I just want to ask you today. Them two stories about the lamb. Which one could you relate to? Was you the young David that had a passion for the lamb? You'd fight for the lamb? You worshiped the lamb? Remember when you first got saved? The lamb was so precious to you. See, David, he lost connection with the lamb. You know what he said? I got even shepherds hired to do my stuff for me. If I want a lamb, I'll just send one of them to get me one. But he lost connection with the lamb during that time in his life. Death happened all around. If your marriage is in trouble, you need a lamb. Exodus 12 says, for the Passover, for deliverance, every man is to bring a lamb. See, every man needs a lamb. Every household needs a lamb. You need a lamb. I said, if you fight, you need a lamb to help you. Slain before the foundation of the world. Saw your sins, looked down through eternity, and had such a love for you that he said, I'm willing to die. I was with a man this week in a business. And I always wanted to minister to him. And it just felt like the timing right and right. And I heard, uh, he said, what you doing Sunday? What you doing on weekend? What y'all doing? And when he asked me that, I'm like, that's kind of odd. When he asked that. Probably slipped out intentionally. So I decided to step through the door. Glad you asked. I get to preach the gospel Sunday. Oh, you a preacher? He thought about all the other times and conversations that he ever had with me that I never told him. Stop. Don't say that. Ooh. I saw his eyes. Just, oh, my God. Mm. I said this to him. I said, ooh. I told him about that weekend down there in Tampa. Ooh. Mm. See, religion would have locked us out. We would have said, I can't even talk to you. Just shut up. I said, you've been on my heart many times. I just want to tell you a little story before I leave you. He said, it's all right. What is it? Wasn't even nobody in the beauty shop. I done told you, Daddy Gummit. You know what I said? I said, there was a, a man in a meat market one time that worked there 40 years. And he didn't own it, but he run it for a guy. And I said, he, uh, he went home one day and quit all of a sudden. Some of you know this. He said, man, what are you doing quitting? Man, you've been me 40 years. He said, something happened down in the meat shop day that I just can't handle. He said, what is it? He said, a pig came through, and I cut his throat, and he, he squealed. He said, I had a cow come through, and I cut his throat, and he, he yelled. He just hollered. He said, a lamb come through, I cut his throat, and he just licked my hand. 
And when I did that, this guy here buckled because he saw it. He knew. He said, I used to go to church. I was in church 30 years. Somebody ran off with my wife in the choir. I got hurt. I understand that. I said, but know this. The Lord didn't do that to you. You got precious children. You need the lamb, man. You got to get back connected to the lamb. Them children, them daughters you're raising, they need the lamb. If you can't give them nothing else, give them the lamb. Which one of them stories can you connect to? Have you lost connection with the lamb? Is he in your house or is he just a pet outside? Do you talk about him at noontime at breakfast? Is he in every decision that you make, the lamb? Does your children love, if my children can just love the lamb, if I just give them a relationship with the lamb, I'm a success. Maybe lots of times I can't give them what I really wanted to. Anybody with me? Because the devil beats you and I up about how we provide for our family. But you know what I did do, right? I've got to give them the lamb. And because of that, I'm the wealthiest man in the whole world. Because I got heritage. I lost Laura. Man, it's precious. It's still real sometimes. I'm glad she's not in pain. I'm thankful. Thank God. My daddy's there with her and different ones. But when I look on that stage and I see Allie Mack and I see Stanton and how Amanda comes back. Might have lost a seed, but man, they more seeds up there. And I said, you know what? This thing is still going on. It ain't about me. It's about all of them. You know why Junior came back? Because of these young ones. We're living in the day with the harvest. Now, a seed sown years and years ago. And I just didn't want to miss it. I just wanted to see God do it in their generation. Seed of our seed. And all I want to do would be like a little daddy. Just, boy, you did good today. Lord, so pleased with you. And when they fall down and flat, blow it. And society and religion writes them off for me to go by and just get up, honey. It's all right. You're still who you called to be. Lord forgives you. Let's just walk again. Come on. I ain't giving up on you because you blew it. Come on. That's what we need. More moms and dads to encourage this generation and to give them a right view to represent him as he truly is. Full of love, full of mercy. Eyes weeping, looking through the lattice at you. Come on, jumping across mountains because he wants a relationship with you. He won't ever talk down to you. He won't ever yell at you. He won't ever give up on you. I don't care what you've done. One drop of the blood, honey, and it's gone. See your forgiveness forever. You don't know my chapter of my life and all the hell. I tell you what, I might, can't fix that chapter, but I can tell you this. If you'll let go of it, thank God for it. He'll give you a brand new chapter. He'll rewrite your future. Come on. 
He can pick up right where loss happened, honey, and still get you right to the place that God had for you to start with. Because he's got a GPS of heaven. He knows how to reconfigure the route for you. And I ain't denying that wasn't painful. But honey, that ain't my resting place. <laughs> that was a good chapter in my life, one of the best. But honey, I got a whole new chapter for me. He says, forget the things of the old. Don't dwell on the past. Uh, I shall do a new thing. Even now it springs forth. Do you not see it? You can't get the new until you let go of the old. I've been in bondage for my life, hurt and all that. He said, if you don't ever let go of that right there, you won't ever get what I got for you. Father, I just thank you for today. I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for the lamb. I thank you that we got a house full of lamb lovers. Because they're lamb lovers, they'll be giant killers, Lord. I thank you that you've never given up on us. I pray that you may give us the eyes, Lord, revelation, Lord, open our eyes. To cut down all these lies that religion has said you were. Let us proclaim you as you truly are, Father. If there's somebody here that doesn't know you, I just ask you right now, close your eyes. Just, just, ask to, just tell the Lord that you accept what he did on the cross for you. He already paid the price for your sins. Whoever believes on the name of the Lord shall be saved. He already saved you and healed you. It's just a matter of you and I accepting what he's already done. I asked him to forgive you right there. If you want to be closer to the lamb, just tell him, I'm going to bring you back in my house. I put you outside. I had a bunch of other lambs, but you're going to be my one lamb. I'm going to bring you in my house. You're going to eat with me, and you're going to drink with me, and you're going to sleep with me. And every decision I make, I'm going to include the lamb.